Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. Always a pleasure to have you. Uh, We have an interesting lineup of guests today. I'm going to jump right into it with my first guest. She is Catherine Matisse Zundel from Civility Partners uh, in San Diego. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about what they do. Um, Catherine is in the business of building positive work environments, and she's going to talk about how to do that especially given the Me Too era we're living in. So, Catherine, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Um, So, Catherine, before we get into this topic, could you just uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background and how you got into this business? Sure. So I was the director of human resources for a nonprofit organization here in San Diego and found myself working with a bully. And this person, you know, was a uber excessive micromanager. He yelled. He really didn't trust people. He made that very clear. He definitely stuck his nose in wherever he could all throughout the organization, whether people reported to him or not. And uh, he just really made life hard. And he was a director, so was I. So he was my peer, not my boss. We both reported directly to the president. Um, But I I was very frustrated working there. I personally felt bullied by this person, so I was really taking it as a target. But then as the director of HR, I was dealing with all of the problems that he created for the organization as well, including, you know, turnover and spending time counseling people and all that. So during that time, I started getting my master's degree and ended up writing most of my research in grad school on this topic of workplace bullying. And it turns out there's 40 years of academic research on the topic, and um, ultimately, bullying and harassment are relatively the same behavior. So since then, uh, my expertise has expanded past workplace bullying, though that's still a a big passion of mine. Um, But Civility Partners is focused on resolving negative problems like that. So our clients come to us when you know, things are really bad and uh, maybe somebody's filed a gender discrimination complaint or online they're talking about being bullied and what have you. Um, so since since grad school, that was over a decade ago, I've written three books. I've had the pleasure of appearing on places like CNN and Wall Street Journal and NPR and um, just really have made it my mission to help organizations find ways to solve this problem. Well, I'm honored to have you on uh, the show here. We we um, cater to a lot of uh, baby boomer business owners, and you know, I, I don't know. Some of them might resemble that uh, that person you were talking about. And the que- I guess the question I have is, 
do people know that they're like that or do, do, is it they just get off on it like a power trip or I mean, it's got to hurt their business somebody has to tell them along the way um, what, what's what's going on with people what's what's going on with people in their heads when they're like that yeah, so I do specialize in executive coaching specifically for that type of a leader who is seen as a bully or an abrasive leader, as we call them, um, and know they are usually not aware. So they usually know that to some extent they are seen as a hard boss or that they're known as a tough boss, but uh, they don't recognize the extent of the damage. So while they're saying to themselves, yeah, I'm a tough boss, I'm holding people accountable, their employees may be going home and crying to their spouse or spending a lot of time being distracted by the behavior, talking about the behavior after they've had an interaction. Um, so, so they're not fully aware and that's what the coaching is about is to help them get aware of the damage and find new ways to lead that are more effective. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you've worked out in the workplace for a while and for a number of bosses, you've probably come across uh, a tough boss, um, someone that that thinks that, you know, if they're not tough, they're not going to be respected. And, and in some ways, they may be right. I know a lot of other really nice bosses that get taken advantage of all the time. So right. there, there might be something in that. But what we're talking about is different. We're talking about bullying and harassment. And can can we... For listeners' sake, talk about what's the difference between bullying and harassment. Sure. Honestly, the only difference is what the law has to say about it. So the behaviors are the same. The law says, however, that if you bully somebody because of their race, religion, you know, protected some protected characteristic, then that person has a claim for harassment. But if you bully everyone, then you're perfectly within your legal rights to act that way. So really, that's the simple answer. Um, you know, I think some people will talk about intention that, that harassment is, the law is very clear. It doesn't have to be intentional. Uh, a lot of people do think that bullying is intentional um, because it certainly feels that way if you're at the receiving end. But again, it's not intentional the the person's intention is to get the job done be a tough manager hold people accountable um so that's that's the short answer not much other than the law <laughs> is it as as far as the law is concerned is it in the eye of the beholder if i, I you know this person is a, a bully but i feel harassed yeah, so um, employees are aware of the phrase hostile work environment, which is the legal term for harassment occurring, right? So an employee feels like it's a hostile work environment, whether they're being bullied or harassed, and they will go to HR and use that phrase because they know HR then is required to launch an investigation and discover, you know, what's really going on. Uh, the investigation may come back, though, and say, well, technically it's not a hostile work environment, which would be harassment according to the law, but, mm -hmm. you know, this individual is still seen as too abrasive. The fact that people are using the word hostile 
is a problem. So a lot of times I do get called in to coach these individuals after the investigation's over where there isn't necessarily disciplinary action because it's not against the law, but it's still harmful. Um, And I think, you know, just in terms of Me Too, something where we've really gone wrong or a place where we've really gone wrong is to get so focused on what the law says that we've really made harassment a compliance problem rather than a people problem. And so while I understand that, you know, certainly HR has to use the law and and their own corporate policy to manage their decisions, um, I think we got to stop saying, oh, well, there's a line that we're going to draw and it's not illegal or it is illegal and that's really going to dictate our actions. In the end, if people are using the phrase hostile work environment, they're hurt and they're distracted and they're not producing and they're, mm-hmm. um, you know, unhealthy and stressed. And so we got to put a stop to it, whether it's illegal or not, period, end of story, you know. And with the advent of uh, social media type sites like Glassdoor, et cetera, where mm-hmm. uh, workplace uh, environment is is a matter of you know it's it's a matter of public record these days, it can really hurt uh, when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, recruiting people as well, right? That's right, absolutely. People who are good at their jobs and know what they're worth are going to stay away. And, and, you know, I get called into organizations when, you know, it's hit the fan, right, when it's gotten really bad. And so organizations are spending a lot of money on me to help fix a really horrible problem that's a culture problem that's going to take a long time to fix, a lot of extra effort and time and resources. Um, Why not just have a nice, positive, respectful work environment from the beginning, Um, rather than letting it get so awful. But, yeah, people will talk about it. I get people will call me and tell me all about what's going on. I'm sure they're telling everyone they know about it using names. Um, So, yeah, it's not – we're just not in an environment where you can have a negative workplace and get away with it. Yeah, the five words a new employee doesn't want to hear, you know, that's just the way he is or she is. You know, that's that's just the way they are. Um, right. So let me ask you a question. Once you get involved in a situation where it's become evident that there's a problem, a real problem, uh, and uh, and you come into a situation, you or, or someone else, uh, what's the likelihood of change? We've all heard, you know, you can't change the spots on a leopard. So is what's the likelihood that that person is going to change um, and, uh, you know, what does that look like? Yeah, the likelihood is fairly high. So I've been coaching for three years and have had 100% um, so far, though I've got one difficult one right now, so that that may change. But um, the the likelihood is high. So the way it works is uh, I will not take on a coaching client unless the organization has put a consequence in place because often that person is very high-valued. They're bringing in a lot of money. And the organization has therefore allowed that behavior to occur because this person's valuable, um, mm-hmm. you know. And then, then there's an investigation, and now they realize we can't allow that to go on anymore. So the individual has to know that the organization is taking it very seriously. This is not just some other program, and they can go back to the way they are once the coaching is over. So right, that once they leave, really you're, yeah. helps. Right, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah the consequence right. helps. Yeah, so. 
So um, after that, my, my initial uh, coaching is to sit down with the individual and talk with them about it and then collect names from them. I get 10 names of people that I can interview to tell me about their behavior. And, of course, they usually mm-hmm. give me the people who they think will give them good reviews because they don't believe that there's a problem. Um, so I collect all of that, this information about the behavior and I actually give it back to the coachee. And then that's where the change really happens because they realize that even their friend, um, you know, that they've been working with forever is giving them negative reviews about their behavior. Um, they, that's really where the inspiration to change is. So then I can work with them to, to make the correct changes and develop strategies. So the, the idea ultimately is that people who engage in bullying behavior um, really intend to get the job done. They, they think that their style is effective, and that feedback that they get from me really shows them otherwise, that they're actually quite ineffective in their leadership style, and that's why the change is going to happen, because they, they want to be seen as effective. So they go, oh, gosh, you know, people don't see me that way. I better, I better change. Um, so it's a really fascinating process. I usually coach for four to six months, and then I re-interview all of those people mm-hmm. a second time, and uh, they've always made uh, quite a bit of improvement. So it's a really neat process. Yeah, I've been, you know, uh, involved with business owners for, for over 30 years, and I, I know I've gone in to see people that I thought, wow, that person is really unpleasant. And then um, uh, some years later, I go back, and they're completely different. So maybe you maybe you beat me to, you know, <laughs> maybe you were on maybe. site <laughs> or someone <laughs> like you. You know, and that's interesting because I, I think um, uh, I always think, well, people are who they are, and, and, and who's going to change them? So why do we see, for instance, in our, our, our leadership in our country right now such a bully behavior and and what will it take? What would it take? What would you do if you could talk to President Trump right now and say, this is not working. You need to understand why. How could you convince someone like that that he's just not cutting it, you know, w- with his behavior? So part of coaching is that they have to care about it and they have to want to change. And I think we all know Trump does not want to change and I'm also certainly not qualified to diagnose anyone, but I just, as an outsider watching him on the news, I think he's got some other issues that would prevent him from changing. I mean, he's, he's clearly narcissistic and um, sort of delusional in, in what he believes about the world. You know, he'll, he makes, he says things that just are clearly absolutely not true. Um, and, you know, like, like just simple example, he said more people attended his inauguration than Obama. Well, there's pictures that just show that that's right. flat out not true, but he doesn't believe it. So I'm not sure I could help somebody like him. Uh, I think he's got too many other psychological things going on, <laughs> and I don't well, think he and, wants and, to. And <laughs> could it be that, you know, unless someone believes that there are the consequences, like you like you mentioned, that, you mm-hmm. know, hey, if you don't do something – there are going to be consequences, whether they're legal or your business your business falling apart or otherwise. Uh, that sounds like it's a key ingredient in someone um, wanting and needing to change their behavior in your work. Yeah, Congress would have to say, we're going to have you impeached if you don't change. But again, I'm not sure he would believe it. I think, uh, yeah, 
I don't know. You know I'm lost on, on him. <laughs> I, I, I saw a great, uh, I don't know where I saw it, but uh, somebody, I, it might have been like a Seinfeld or something like that where they said, you know, it's not up to you to say whether you're a jerk or not. You can't say I'm not a jerk. If somebody else says you're a jerk, you're probably a jerk. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's all in the eye of the beholder. I, I like to joke too. If you're not sure who the village idiot is, you know it might be you. So if you're not, if you're thinking, I've never experienced bullying before, you might want to look in the mirror. We've all worked with someone who's hard, <laughs> hard to work with. You know. Sure, sure. So, so let me ask you this because I, I walk into a lot of family business situations where the dynamics may even be more complex because they may, you know, some families you just wonder, wow, their Thanksgivings must be really ugly, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Is it is it get more complicated when you when you layer in a family relationship in a business? You know, I've honestly, in the 10 years I've been doing this, never worked with a family-owned business where the whole family was involved. So I don't have oh, an answer, will. but I would, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, and I, I've absolutely had calls from HR managers who worked in a family-owned business and would tell me, uh, for example, it's the son, you know, the so the owner doesn't really see it because it's the son who's acting that way how do I talk to the father about the way his son is hurting the business? Um, and we try to work through some tips, but ultimately it has to be up. Some, you know, somebody's got to have the courage to say, Hey dad, you know, your son is really disrupting the business and he needs to get some help. Um, so I'm, I'm be, sure I will. I've certainly had calls in that regard, but haven't quite gotten in yet. <laughs> you'd, you'd be wise to steer clear. <laughs> and refer that to someone else. But yeah, there are situations, especially uh, these days, we're seeing a lot of um, family businesses succeed to a next generation where there are siblings involved, and uh, the playground rivalry comes right back into the business. Uh, it's not pretty, yeah. and uh, and and people uh, tend to gravitate to that. And it's it can be pretty ugly if they do it in front of other employees. They show they show their sibling lack of respect for each other in front of others. So, uh, you know, it, it is interesting. It's an interesting specialty that you have, um, and uh, I'm sure you get a lot of feedback from people. What's some of the things that you found that people have said when you've gone back on some of those um, situations? Have people said, like, I didn't, I didn't believe anybody could, could fix this situation, but I'm sure glad you were here? Yes, absolutely. So when I do the coaching, that second round of interviews is usually pretty gratifying. You know, people will say things like, thank you so much. My life is so different. My marriage is better because I'm not going home and complaining so much. I don't know what you did, but they've changed a lot. Um, so that, that's always really satisfying. And, uh, you know, I've been a culture change expert for 10 years, and that's what Civility Partners, um, you know, specializes in. And that's really where I started is, is really seeing that bullying and harassment as a culture problem, and so the organization's culture needs to change. Um, and that's also really gratifying, you know, to, to do a survey when we first come in and interviews and hear how much pain people are in and then to do it again a year later and see that we've already really been able to move the needle is really gratifying. Uh, the last culture change client I just closed out, we changed 100% of the survey results for the better and some of the survey results by 30%. Um, so it was just really gratifying to see we had in just a year in their culture. 
Um, it is, but you know, I, I've I've experienced bullying, and I know how much it hurts. And so, I'm really passionate about making sure people um, feel healthy at work. You know, who who in a company usually initiates a call with you? HR. HR. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, that's my so, background. That's who I market to. Mm-hmm. I got you. Okay. So they're the ones that have realized this is more than just a culture problem. This is now a a serious uh, HR problem. And yeah. uh, like you said, um, we, we've gotten to the point where something has to be done. We can't tolerate this anymore uh, because it's really turning into what could be a legal issue. Right. Sounds like. Right. Got yeah. it. That, that's yep. fascinating. So, so how do our listeners best get in touch with you, and uh, what would they find on your website? Well, gosh, if you Google me, I'm probably five pages of Google. My website is civilitypartners.com. I would love for you to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, my website has a lot of resources. We've got three different webinar recordings on some different topics if you wanted to listen to those. I've got a ton of videos there. Uh, if you sign up for my e-newsletter, we, we really like to send out tangible actionable ideas for culture uh, and we send a lot of job aids and checklists and things like that so uh, look me up civilitypartners.com or just google Catherine Matice and you'll you'll find me all over the place <laughs> okay uh, Catherine thank you so much and you also have three three books on Amazon it looks like right I do yep yeah so one is called so, Back Off, Your Kick-Ass Guide to Ending Bullying at Work, and it has Ken Blanchard, who wrote the foreword for it. So that's my, my favorite one. But, yep, you can just search me on Amazon and find my three books. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's really a pleasure to talk with you and a very interesting topic and subject and very, very helpful to people. So I hope our listeners will uh, look you up, get in touch with you, and if they're having an issue, certainly uh, address it sooner or later and and uh and fix the issue because it's it you know it's unpleasant uh to go to a workplace where uh, people are unpleasant so that's absolutely thank- right yep well thank you so, so much for having me i appreciate it thank you for listening to exit coach radio 